0: It's just so Donnie you listen to Rebel Radio Fuck you, Josh And fuck Rebel Radio What's up, this is Rebel Radio What up, what up, this is DJ Newmark This is Tina Butterwolf
1: It's your boy, it's okay
0: Keep checking out Rebel Radio Rebel Radio This is Rebel Radio We're in the place right here Ah. Rebel Radio is going down What
1: did you say, Rebel Radio?
0: Oh wait, let's do it again
1: Rebel Radio What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I bring you the Rebels who are shaping our culture. I'm your host, Josh Levine. This week, we sit down with Disco Donnie. Donnie is a legendary rave promoter from New Orleans. He's been at the top of the game for 20-plus years, um, and he's paid a serious price uh, personally for his dedication to, to dance music and, and to raves. I don't want to spoil it with you for you, but we talk a little bit about that in our interview. Um, and this dude continues to push the boundaries. He recently bought back his company that he had previously sold and he's charging ahead. Um, he's really some some great lessons about, you know, having a vision, listening to your audience, but um, but being laser focused on what it is you do. Some great stuff we can all learn from, I'm sure, in this age of distraction and indecision. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, but dude, I'm glad we I'm glad we finally got to connect. I know I've been, uh, you know, I've been talking to Susie for a while, and then I know you're friends with Simon. Yeah. And uh, you did the, the summit with us and all that. So excited to finally talk. And then of course, yeah, I've been- that was.
0: That was good. I learned some stuff over there. Did you? Yeah, I mean, you know, they had they had some it was a cool little panel.
1: I mean, I think people learned from you. It's good to hear. That was a good panel though. The, the the one you were on It was like real, you know, people dealing with with real issues. Right. You know, on a daily basis, which is you guys are you guys are in the the heart, you know, the the live music business is in the heart of everything that's happening right now. You know, I've been following you since more or less day 1. So Excited to finally meet you. Uh, wish it was in person.
0: Yeah, we used to send you guys flyers. And then uh, yeah, I think no Raymond was like, what the? He said, man, you guys got the best flyers. I'm like, yeah, we're trying. That's the only thing we have, but we're trying. So,
1: You know what? It's funny. I want, I, like That's the funny thing to talk about. Like rave flyers, <clears throat> you know, rave flyers are so interesting because they kind of violated like everything that you're supposed to know about marketing which is this, like, keep the message really simple. You know, You know, people have five seconds of attention or whatever. And then I remember back in the day, you'd get these rave flyers. Some of them would fold out into a poster and a full page, and there's all this copy about the DJs or the location or, you know, all, all this stuff. And, and uh, I always found that so interesting. Maybe it's just because you had fans that wanted – all they could get.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's how we, uh, that's how we had to communicate with the fans, right? That's how we communicated what we were doing with the people. Sure. Uh, definitely had to make it look interesting. Um, it was a whole art form. I mean, we still do them, but it's all online. I mean, yeah. it's definitely a different thing. I, I, I kind of missed that part. It was kind of like a, I guess the homage to like the, like the seventies, you know, concert posters or when I was a kid, um, you know, we used to drive around and look, uh, look on the phone poles to see who was playing on mm-hmm. um, that weekend. Mm-hmm. That's how you learn that, that what was going on. And that's kind of how we, uh, were able to, uh, to grow as a scene by like putting out artwork that people picked up because it was interesting. And, sure. you know, you, you know, there was some hyperbole on all those flyers. Of course. <laughs> for sure. Of course. Yeah. I don't think, uh, I don't, I don't, yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I never read a rave flyer that had really good, solid, honest uh, information on. It, but, you know, it was every show was going to be the best one ever. Um, you know, when I started after after my first few ones, I kind of got away from that. You know, and just kind of let basically the um, just let the let people be surprised when they got in there. You know, people used to list every single life picture they had at oh yeah have sure. at the event and so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then I started making fun of people that did that. So that, that seemed more entertaining to me than telling people they were going to get all the stuff kind of right. uh, under promise and over deliver is yeah, what sure. our motto was.
1: No, that's huge. And, and I, you know, it's funny you say that cause I remember like, you know, out here we had that sound system, uh, 140 DBs. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, and like people would list that on a flyer. And I remember, I remember even thinking about that, you know, it's 20 something years ago. Like, like you know that's so different than what you see on a rock concert right where it's like here's right. the band here's the time and and here's where you get tickets right and uh and this like you're you're promoting your you know what sound system what lighting company you're using all of that which you know i agree it can be too much but i also think it's you know what part of what it was though and and you were a big part of this was where the promoter and the and the the party is becoming the brand Right. And that's something that other genres of music never really did. Um, You know, maybe not until Coachella. Right. That that. uh, Well, I guess guess some of the big festivals, you know, for sure. But but for the most part, the party wasn't the brand The, the the artist performing was what drew people to it. And I think, you know, you guys, especially in the early days, really changed a lot of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, look. Uh, in the early days, when I was when I first started doing shows in New Orleans, um, we, we were just bringing DJs from New York, or yeah. we were we were just mimicking what we saw with the flyers we got in the record stores in New York or, or uh, in LA. Uh, we were just bringing the DJs. Nobody really knew who they were, so but they just knew they were from out of town. For sure. Um, and because there was no, this is pre-internet days, and you know, there just wasn't enough information out there. I mean, there there were you know, maybe some top DJs were bubbling, but uh, not in the the South. They just, people couldn't get that
1: information. So we would just bring people from out of town. It was a big deal to have have somebody from New York come down to Right, right,
0: right. So they're like, oh, they're from New York. They must be good. Um, So, uh, you know, basically that's where the the brands were the ones that were drawing people uh, with the artists and then, you know, the flyer. I mean, we were doing between like some One time we had one as a, you know, the scratch off or, oh, cool. you know, we're using all kinds of different uh, paper, all kinds of different cuts. We were using big ones, little ones. I mean, that's we just changed it up with the brand. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that's kind of what to get people in the door and get that hook because we knew once they came through, once they saw what was going on, we knew they'd probably come back.
1: This episode of Rebel Radio is brought to you by Indeed.com. Man, I love it whenever we get to introduce new advertisers to the show. You know, we've been working hard for five years or more to build a community, to build something that I think is really special. I appreciate all of you, and I appreciate when uh, companies from the outside recognize what we're doing and want to be part of it. Um, If you're not familiar with Indeed, look, you know, it is, I don't have to tell you that 2020 is crazy. Uh, it's crazy keeping a job, finding a job, trying to hire people I, you know, you might know that I do a little bit of recruiting and, um, you know, you would think it's an easier time to find great people, but it's not. There's uh, a whole bunch of factors keeping us from, uh, putting the right people in the right jobs. And so you need the right tools. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because it gets you the best people fast. It's a tool that I use whenever I have a job to fill. Unlike other sites, it gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring and lots of powerful tools that make the search that much easier to find the right people, like sponsored jobs, which um, I guess are like three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. So many job seekers are visiting, indeed, every month. It's gonna get you the important hire you need right now indeed is offering rebel radio listeners a free 75 dollar credit to boost your job post which means more quality candidates will see it fast if you're hiring people speed is some people say speed is everything i think the quality and, and they're up there but you know we're trying to get this done try out indeed with a free 75 dollar credit at indeed.com rebel that's the best offer available anywhere go right now to indeed.com rebel terms and conditions apply Offer valid through September 30. Um, thinking back at the at the very beginning, uh, well, even maybe before that, do you, do you remember the first record you ever bought?
0: The first record I ever bought, um, I oh well, well wait, the, <laughs> my first record, I think it was a uh, Queen. Okay. Um, yeah. So it was, but it it wasn't a record. Per se uh it was the um uh, it was it had on one side it had We Will Rock You yep. and, and the other side was We Are the Champion. So oh, wow uh yeah, that was like an amazing forty five at the time. You know, you had two uh two so- two good songs.
1: For sure. For sure. So. And so were you as a kid, were you just like all about music?
0: Um I was I tried to be. I wasn't very musical per uh-huh. se. Uh I, I tried, I liked um uh, I liked playing different instruments i never really took to any Mm -hmm. but i I like the i like the theory of me i had a you know i went to trumpet lessons i took violin lessons i took clarinet lessons i was in the choir um i was in a band in eighth grade i was a singer but i couldn't sing so i mean (laughs) i was i I was i i liked music but um i wasn't you know it wasn't really my thing to be a an, an artist
1: sure sure yeah um, and then, um, so you're in new Orleans, how, how'd you get introduced to, to dance music and, and raves or, or probably they were like undergrounds at the time. Yeah, no. So
0: yeah, it was just, it was a, a small scene and, um, I was uh, waiting tables at night and somebody's like, Hey, you want to go to a party and, um, and check it out. And yeah, so I went to my first party. It was a small gathering, maybe like a hundred people, mm. and I was like, "Oh wow, you know how I, I had just uh, I had just come back to New Orleans from school, mm. and I'm like, you know, how long has this been going on? They're oh a couple years, and I like, well, you know, I didn't. I was wondering why I had never heard about it. So um, I was like, this is interesting. It was all kinds of different people, um, you know, uh, all d- different races uh you know straight people, gay people, yeah. uh, you know, it was like a, a drag queens, it was a total mix. And I had never seen that group of people um uh, you know all together in one room and, and you know having a good time. So it just I was just so surprised I hadn't seen this before and it just kind of opened up a, a new door for me. Yeah. And I was thinking, you know, man, I could get more people than this, you know, <laughs> I have more friends than this. So I was like, I need to bring, I want to introduce all my friends, anybody that wants to hear it, I want to bring them into this. Yeah. And, uh, just like the first person that brought me to a show, you know, how appreciative I am to them, um, uh, that they opened that door for me. And I just wanted to be that person that opened that door for as many people as possible.
1: You know what, man? I mean, that's so interesting and I, I don't want to derail us, but you know, seeing everything that's going on, you know, this week, uh, you know, with, with Black Lives Matter, with George Floyd, and really, you know, really open up the conversation about race and about how, you know, how separate we are at some times. And, you know, but I think back to that, you know, rave community, even just clubbing in general where, um, where you have people of all, all races, you know, uh, Orientations, genders, so you know, you had rich and poor people, right? And they're united by the music and by the the you know wanting to dance and party, and um and and I think it's interesting for people like us that kind of, you know, grew up in that, and that kind of shapes your outlook on life, and you know, cut that against what's happening right now in the discussions we're having.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's weird because that was. Uh, that was 26 years ago, and it feels like we've been having the same discussions over and over. Yeah. and you know the same issues keep happening, and you know it just it feels like uh, you know all these different times that it just it just we're ne- we've have never gotten there for some reason. And hopefully, uh, this with this we can take this time and hopefully can actually make a change. Um, you know, because the progress has been too slow. Yeah. Uh, you know, has it changed in the last uh, 26 years since, you know, since I walked through those doors? Yes. But it's way too slow.
1: For sure. Yeah. And, and look, I think, you know, that's also probably part of why music is considered subversive, you know, and, and you, you know that better than anybody you've been through, you know, the, the backlash of, of uh, you know, the way that, that governments or establishment wants to paint. Uh, you know, music and dance music in particular, right? And I think, um, I think part of that is that it brings young people together in ways that that nothing else can. And that seems like a challenge. Yeah,
0: I mean, it, uh, that's changed a lot too. I mean, the, the perception of um, you know our music, um, you know, that's changed a lot over the years. But there still is a, a, a negative connotation to it sure. still to this day because even when we uh you know even when we talk to city officials or authorities it's kind of always like oh yeah we know that crowd or mm-hmm. uh, we know that music you know it's like wait a second we're we're not troublemakers we're we're here it's real we're on the radio we're right. commercial you know it's uh it's part of life this yeah. isn't this isn't underground this isn't 20 years ago this is now but we're still, the, the, our music is still kind of holds that negative stigma to it.
1: Do you think music still has that kind of, uh, that sort of subversive power, that counterculture?
0: Uh, I mean, I think it's still very powerful. I think it, uh, definitely can, uh, deliver a, a message to a large group of people. Um, you know, maybe they, they, they couldn't get through uh, maybe they're not going to sit down and read a book. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're not going to, uh, you know, uh, read, uh, I mean, uh, you know, watch those, um, an interview with Oprah, but maybe, you know, through music, um, it can kind of disrupt what's going on. And, um, you know, basically educate these people and, you know, get them, you know, let them know really what's going on in the world. So, I mean, it's just like a, it's just a tiny bit, but sure. it, you can really get a message to music. Not a lot of people are doing it, but there are some.
1: Absolutely. Um, okay. So let's, let's go back to you. Um, you know, one of the things I think is interesting about your business, you promote so many events. Um, and so is there, what makes it a disco Donnie party? Like, is there a signature that you put on it?
0: Well, I don't know if I you know that's a tough question because what I've always just tried to when I was in New Orleans um you know I just tried to do the, the I was like the big promoter there so yeah. I just was trying to outdo myself right so I was really only trying to compete against myself and just try to make it better and uh, you know I I didn't want to I didn't want to ever rest on my laurels you know mm-hmm. so uh, I just wanted to keep on improving from show to show. I mean, it always didn't work, but I was, at least I realized that I was trying, um, you know, and, and just one thing I've always tried to inject into, into what I'm doing is some type of, of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that people take the, everything so seriously, um, you know, back in the old days and they take it very seriously now. So... You know, I just try to make it fun. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's hard because sometimes it doesn't always translate. Uh, but I just always wanted people that I mean, were there to have fun. We're not there to criticize each other or, right. or, or you know, bring each other down. Um, it's really, it's about having a good time. And, you know, I'm just trying to let people know that. that so that's kind of what, what my stamp is, just fun.
1: So, so, what's going on with the business right now? Is summer's ending? You, you know, I think the last time we spoke, you were about to kick off some of the first events uh, since since the quarantine. Um, and so, what's happening now?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's it, it's been it's it's been crazy because um, when everything got shut down, uh, we started you know working on uh, the on the drive-in concept, and you know as we were working on that around, it wasn't a very easy. Um, thing to pull off because a lot of these venues were uh, kind of the owners were eccentric. Right. They didn't have email. Um, they, uh, you know, they also were very high, uh, very high in demand because they were the only venue in town that could do stuff. So, you know, they were fielding calls from promoters and um, and graduations and birthday parties and anything you can uh churches. So uh, you know, we we spent a lot of time locking that down. Um, and then you know, trying to convince artists to 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 participate in that and that it was safe. And just as we got started getting the first ones activated, um, they started opening up the bars in uh, Texas and Florida. Right. So, you know, uh, so we took what like, we announced it, the drive in and we took a, you know, a lot of bad publicity, not a lot of bad publicity, but. Um, you know, right now people are, are at home and they've got their torches and pitchforks out. Yeah. So that crowd came after us, right? So they're oh, you're, you know, you drive-ins, you're killing people, and uh, so we we took all that that negative hit. We also got some positive um, comments from people and and, uh, and from media. But you know, so we drove through that and we started doing our driving events and it was actually hard to get people to go because uh, because the bar down the street had opened up. Right. So, and all the friends hadn't been out in, in three months. So it was challenging. Um, We kind of knew what was going to happen. So we kept on working on the, on the safe um, play and kept on working on the drive-ins. And so now, now that's what we're doing now, but now we're back to being the only game in town. So we're, we're back to being the villains again <laughs> so it's like, you can't win
1: i mean it's funny i was thinking about you know i was reading this morning about uh the rave in france that i guess had 10,000 people and now they're they're uh you know they got shut down and now the 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 promoters are you know there's they're looking for them um and i know there's a bunch of that happening in the uk you know these underground raves and whatever you know and i kind of think like when you started, um, like our, our culture started from illegal parties, right? And from, and it was underground from the beginning and now, you know, it's, it's become mainstream. It's a different ball game. But, you know, I'm wondering like uh, two things. Well, you know, first of all, like, uh, you know, how much does that matter to you? How much do you care if like people are, people outside of the culture are, are you know, calling you the villains?
0: Well, it's not even the people outside. It's, it's, uh, we're, we're tearing ourselves apart, you know, mm-hmm. so it's inside the EDM community. And, uh, yeah, listen, there's, pe- there's uh, underground parties going on all over the place, and there's people everywhere I go. I see people congregating, and, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to provide a, a safe environment uh, for people. Now, do some people break the rules? Do some people take off their masks? Yes. I mean, it's, it's, nothing's 100%. Right. But you know, this is outdoors and a huge space, and you, you, there's no way to maintain six feet from every single person. But this is the best opportunity and the and the safest way that people can enjoy themselves. We actually had a uh, a show two weeks ago at a drive-in, and the fire marshal came over and uh, he shut it down. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's very reminiscent of the 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 you know, the old race. And the reason he shut it down was he said that the the drive-in was illegal. He he misinterpreted the law because the drive-in had been operating, uh, and we'd already done two shows at this drive-in, um, but it had been operating, like, the week before, they had Blake Shelton concert, right? Yeah. So now, so it just smacks of, like, everything that the the anti-EDM or anti- uh, that crowd type of thing, totally discriminated against. Sure. Uh, so it goes right back to where we were in the nineties. And then you have everyone saying, not everyone, but a lot of people like, you know, just give up. Why would you, I mean, I, why, why keep doing them? And, and, uh, you know, my answer is that based. I've, I've had parties shut down plenty of times sure. and I, I just did a party the next week. Yeah. Uh, they shut that one down and I did a party the next week. So, uh, I've been through this already before, Yeah. Uh, so it, 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 it does kind of it, – it it's kind of similar to what's going on right now. But uh, I don't I, – I see a lot of those underground parties. I see the videos. Um, I don't – I understand why people are doing them, but, you know, I definitely don't agree with
1: them. What do you mean?
0: Well, I just – it's just – it's just, you know, it's bad. It's a bad look for the scene. It's a bad look for the city. I mean, there's other ways that you can – get together in a, a, a much safer way. Mm. So I don't think two or 300 people in a, in a house is a, uh, is uh safe for anyone. right
1: Sure, now. sure, sure, sure. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, what you were just saying, like, again, our, our culture dance music came from illegal parties and, and public health was always given as the reason, right. Whether it was drugs or, you know, uh, uh, buildings that didn't have permits or, you know, whatever it was, right. That that's always been what law enforcement and government has used to try to shut down dance music. And it's, you know, it's tempting maybe to think this is different, but I, you know, I I don't know if it's different.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just, we're held to a, we're just held to a different standard. I mean, that's, uh, I've said this before, If uh, you know, if it's a country concert and at the, the so the, this is you know people were like the, the the country concert at the drive-in, well, those people are fine. True. Okay, now we're doing a rape, uh, a DJ at a drive-in. Oh, you know those rapers are gonna do drugs and and get, uh, kill themselves. You know it's like a, right. a it's like no matter what you do, everybody's gonna already we're already at a disadvantage. And this is coming from our own scene. Yeah, like you know people are gonna uh, do the wrong thing, so. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's just one of those things. I mean, it's, it's been a negative stigma with the, with our scene since I've been in it. Um, some of it's earned, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of it, uh, and I think that we should, you know, we should look forward and not not backward. I think a lot more people are a lot more responsible than what we give ourselves credit for.
1: I wanna to talk to you about Fiverr. You know, for 2020, there's no such thing as business as usual. Every company I know, every company you know, is figuring out new ways of getting things done. We're working remote, some companies are downsizing, all the events are moving to virtual, even this show. We used to record every episode face-to-face, now we're doing video chat, phone chat, etc., etc. If you own a business, pivoting quickly is hard enough but finding the right people that you can trust to make it happen, That's the key to success. Fiverr is a great freelancing platform that helps you find talent to build your online presence fast, whether it's building your first website, designing social graphics, you got to have the right people and getting the wrong people is disruptive to your business. So Fiverr lets you hire freelancers who have proven track records and clear pricing. You're not in the dark, you're not haggling. It just makes everything easier. Use Fiverr to connect with freelancers offering hundreds of digital services from graphic design, copywriting, web programming, film editing, uh, pretty much anything you need done that can be done remote, which is, as we've learned, is everything uh, you can do on Fiverr. You can work with confidence, knowing exactly what you're paying for upfront. The payments are released to freelancers once you've approved the work. They have 24-7 customer service, so anytime you have an issue, Fiverr is there to help you. Find talent today at Fiverr.com and get 10% off your first order using our code REBELRADIO. All the digital services you need are in one place at fiver com. code REBELRADIO. Again, that's Fiverr.com, code REBELRADIO. So, um, you know, I know we've, we've talked a little bit about your history, you know, you, you've been through so much from legal battles um, to, uh, you know, issues with partners, selling your company, buying it back. Um, When you think about, you know, what's going on right now, how has all that experience prepared you for what we're going through this year?
0: I guess it just, it it just got me where I think that, you know, to, no matter what happens, no matter what roadblocks in your way, um, just never quit and never give up. And always look into the future and, you know, if I, I've definitely been through more than most, um, but I definitely think that, you know, it's helped me uh, get to where I am and it's going to help me get to where I'm trying to go in the future. And when I'm talking to my team or someone else, I can be like, oh, I, I've i already been through something like this. Sure. And this is how it's, you know, this is how we come out of it. Um, so... I'm hoping to use all those negative experiences and turn them into something positive.
1: Um, are there specific lessons or, or you know, things that come to mind as as you're as you're uh, operating today of something you went through, you know, back in the past?
0: No, I mean, it's the same thing when well, when the government came in and and uh, and, and shut shut me down and uh, and I kept on trying to do shows and. Uh, and basically, uh, eventually, I found the path where I got. Uh, I did a I did a Halloween show, and they sent the police to the venue and and, and told them, told the uh, the venue a bunch of lies. And so, you know, the the lady didn't want to go forward with the, with the event, which I understood. I had a contract and everything, but I, I respected her. She was worried about what the cops had told her. Um, and, and, you know, the next week I started a, a weekly house of blues. Right. So.
1: Yeah. Amazing. So how, um, how, well, you, you know, you, you were saying like that, you know, right now things are changing from the drive-ins to the live and kind of some back and forth on that. Um, especially the drive-ins. How, how are you, how do you make those fun? Like, how are you, how do you create an experience that's, um, you know, better than people sitting at home watching a live stream or whatever?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, and I've learned this from my own personal experience because I kind of, I stayed in my house for, for three months, like, and we have friends in the neighborhood and my wife would go see them. And I'm like, Nope, I'm not gonna, you can break the seal, but if I'm in here, I'm sitting, I'm sitting in here, you know? So, I yes. did everything I was supposed to do, and uh, uh, I have a rental place at the beach, and we ended up going there in May. And I got there, and people were kind of starting to interact with each other. Uh, it, and I was still apprehensive, like, the first week. And then I, uh, you know, I hung out with, with a family that had been in quarantine the whole time, and I was like, oh, I'm starting to feel – you know, I was starting to feel – uh, I was starting to feel down, like I started to feel the the pressure that people were probably feeling at home yeah, sure and the the anxiety and the stress and the depression um i don 't know what it was, but I could see that I was definitely my personality had changed like in a week 's time I was definitely uh taking arguing with my you know the kids, my wife the dog whatever so um you know, I, I realized that I needed to get some human interaction. Um, I know it wasn't a hundred percent safe, but I, I just, I had to have that in my life. And then once I got that, I started feeling better about myself. And then I started inviting some other people out of their cocoons <laughs> and like, and they would come over with the mask on and, and I'm like, you can take off your mask. You know, we're, we're okay. We're outside. Right. Everything's fine. And, so I started unlocking other people's lives and that's kind of what I look like, look at the drive-ins. And I think that it's, uh, you know, people need that in their lives and I don't think people can stay cooped up inside and they're not going to. Mm-hmm. So I think providing them with something, uh, outside of, uh, of just being cooped up or, or trying to go to something illegal, uh, is important. And, the you know, they embraced it. I mean, they basically, they get dressed up, you know, we have, like, costume contests. We have mask contests. People brought, you know, made their own rails. Mm. Uh, um, you know, so, of course, they're going all out. This is their only event of the summer. And so it's it's worked out. And, and, and uh, you know, a lot of people ha- have enjoyed them. And I think it might be uh, the only thing going on for a while. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, they, I, I think you're going to see a lot more of them. And I think you're going to see a lot more people embracing them.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. And, and, you know, you said something that uh, sticks with me that, you know, I mean, n- nothing's 100% safe, right? You know, going out for a drive is not 100% safe. Going to, you know, uh, a, a ball game or whatever, right? There's always, there's always some risk. Having a friend over, you know, you might catch the flu and people die from the flu, right? Like there's, you know, we take risks every day. We usually don't think about them because they're not on the news or they're not, you know, confronting us in the same way but uh there's risk in everything and and to your point you know there's risk i think we're all learning there's risk at staying home by yourself month after month and not having you know interaction with other people um and that takes a toll too so i think it's it's up to all of us to find the right you know the right balance for us individually and for you know for our communities whatever yeah i mean you need
0: people need balance i think they need to make safe decisions um and but you know you have to live some semblance of life because if you go on the the uh, on what we're going now I mean some people will never leave their house right i mean uh, so I, I mean i see it i mean people are scared in there and i i understand but listen we all have we all we're all adults we all can see the news we all know what's going on and, uh, you know, people just need to make their own decision and and do it safely so you don't affect others.
1: So what's been, has, you know, any, any sort of pleasant surprises since you started, uh, you know, having parties again?
0: I, I think that, um, you know, the artists that have been able to play them because everybody's kind of, they're in the same boat, right? Because everybody's being attacked online, yeah. uh, no matter what, right? So you're... Uh, the artists are actually um, scared to to play these events. And the ones that have, you know, taken a leap, um, you know, they haven't all worked out. And, and some of it's they, – they get negative uh, comments. But there are, I think a lot of the ones that uh, have jumped out, I mean, they've been so appreciative. And the fans that have gone have been so appreciative. Um, so it's like we're still delivering I, – I, I think for the ones that go, the ones that aren't sitting at home and just criticizing um, what's going on. I think for the ones that go, um, they're going to remember this—that you know we were still there fighting for them—and sure. and that uh, you know that's going to be somebody that's going to be with us for for a long time.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. Um, you you have a vibe of like not giving a fuck what other people think, um, <laughs> but but I but that but I know that can't be true because you wouldn't do what you did if it wasn't like what you do, you know, what you do is for other people. So how do you balance those things?
0: I mean, listen, I, 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 I care what people think. I listen to what they're saying. Um, I can't make my decisions based on, on, on what they think. But if, you know, I, I do. I learned early on, I mean, it was hard when I was young and I started this out, um, and, I mean, the negative criticism is the same as it was. It it, it, it was the same then as it is now. Um, it's just different com- complaints, and people can voice them easier, sure. right? So yeah. um, there, it's definitely always been around. I just learned uh, it used to make me upset, and... Uh, I used to drive me actually. And, uh, and I still, I see what people are saying and, you know, I throw out all the positive stuff always. Um, and I, I concentrate on the negative and uh, you know, cause that's really what I see and that's what I want to get better better at. You know, I take that. I know not all of it's true. I know a lot of it's exaggerated, but that's what I use to kind of help Uh, keep improving.
1: That's so funny. Do you, so you you say you use that, that, uh, uh, you know, complaints or the the negative feedback to, to get better. Um, What does that look like now? What do you, what are you getting better at this year?
0: I see people, I mean, uh, I see people are concerned about, about their safety I mean, even in this, the one the 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 show that got set, shut down. Um the venue is uh four hundred and twenty thousand square feet. So at seven square foot per person, um it's basically over sixty thousand people you can put in the venue. And uh we sold twenty five hundred tickets. Wow. Um but and but people were still complaining that they weren't socially distanced, mm-hmm. right? So are you guys, um, are you
1: involved in Rave the Vote? Yes, yes. So so with that, though, how, how do you decide what causes to, to get involved in? I mean, that's, you know, talk about something that gets people mad at you, right? It's kind of like, no matter what you do. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, on the vote thing, we don't tell people who to vote for. Sure. We're just telling them to register. Yeah. Um, you know, so we try to stay out of that part of thing because i know from what i see uh online and in my life uh when one side takes starts talking the other side stops listening so and it that goes both ways so i don't think that uh, uh i don't think we're here to tell people what's right or what's wrong i mean i have my own personal opinion but uh who wants to I don't think that uh somebody needs to hear like who to vote for from a ray promoter right. um, so uh, yeah so you know we get in that we get involved with a lot of uh stuff like in local communities that we are doing um festivals at so they know we're not since uh, you know we don't not necessarily sit there from that area uh, you know they were helping out causes there um a lot of we look work with a lot of uh, children's um, things. That's the kind of stuff we look look for. Nice. Stuff, you know, we like stuff that the venues support. Mm-hmm. They, you know, know the charities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know for after Hurricane Harvey in Houston, I think we raised like two hundred grand. I mean, a lot of that came from the artists and stuff uh, for in Houston. So, um, yeah, we're you know we're always trying to to do something. I mean, and we can always, you know, it's never enough. So, of you course. know, we always can do
1: more. Yeah. Um you were talking about uh you know you, you get shut down you do another one you kind of uh you know I think you're very in the moment in, in terms of how how your business is um and obviously we've seen you you know making a bunch of pivots this year. Um you know how do you with what we were just talking about as far as uh you know what the future of the business looks like on the other side of pandemic or whatever, are there, you know, how how do you balance that with kind of making moves for, um, having a better business in the long term?
0: Well, I mean, it's difficult right now. I mean, my, my promoter instinct is always to, to take risks. And I think that's why we were almost, uh, we were on the electronic music side. We were first to market on the drive-in because I had control of the company. Yeah. And you know, I was able to, with all the uh, all the eyes weren't dotted and all the T's weren't crossed. You know, like we had the contracts on the venue, but maybe it wasn't signed. Or right. uh, uh, I was able to get it up first and uh, and be first to market because I'm independent again, and, and I was trusting my like independent roots and my instincts that um, you know that we were going to figure it out. Um, so you know it, it's hard because uh you know I wanted to go I wanted to go big in in 2021 and you know I wanted to finish 2020 strong and go big in 2021 and kind of expand what I was doing um I was also talking about with other groups um about uh whether partnering with them or acquiring them in some manner to help stabilize some kind of distressed properties, mm-hmm. so you know, on the everything's kind of on the table now, um, and uh, off the table. Well, I mean, I don't know, on off. It's on and off the table, and uh, it's on the floor. Yeah. So twenty twenty is on the floor. So no, I mean, I just, I just don't know. I mean, that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I see the numbers getting better. Uh, when I'm looking at the the raw data and then uh, I turn on CNN and they're saying it's worse. And right. uh, you know, so I, I, I just don't even know. And then somebody, the, the States are drop, you know, they'll dump like three months worth of stuff on one day. So it's just really hard to fi- follow and try to figure out uh, what's the path.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that That's crazy. Um, I want to talk about something that we, we didn't talk about last time, but you, um, you know, a lot of your events are in, in smaller markets, uh, or at least not the, you know, New York, LA, um, you know, and, and that, to me, that's always like a really interesting strategy is to go after markets that might be, you know, in some ways overlooked. Um, is that... Is that on purpose? And and tell me the the ups and downs of operating a business that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I went the the original concept was that uh, the, uh, the, when building out the routing and the and the company was that I was going into markets where uh, where nobody was doing anything, or I was going into a market and working with the the you know, the local promoter. Um, and you know, normally in a market like uh so there was the there was a it was a low barrier to entry, right? So um, you know, in a market like Nashville or something, maybe they had like a one or two promoters a smaller size or, or one big one and a couple of smaller ones. You know, when you go into a market like LA, uh, you know, you, you're dealing with uh, it's like the mafia right sure. so like four or five different families and then you have all these uh, junior mafia you know what ma- mafia wannabes so right. you know like there's a lot more effort in doing that so I just basically thought that if I took the all the smaller markets first and just kind of surrounded the larger markets eventually um, you know that would be the door into the to, to larger markets
1: that, that was the original thing. So, and is, is that a, is that a good strategy? If I'm starting a business today, I, is that was, how you would advise me?
0: I, well, I, I don't know if I would advise you on that, but, um, uh, I mean, I actually did, you know, I got into almost, I've, I've, you know, i got into LA and New York and, uh, and Seattle and, you know, Dungeons in San Francisco, Miami, Chicago. So I've done it all It's again, it's, uh, it's basically, it's a lot more difficult to deal with a mafia boss than a, uh, 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 one of the soldiers. Sure. It's easier to deal with the soldiers in the other markets. So. That's right.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think, uh, I always feel like, you know, whatever business you're in, you know, play play the game you can win, play in a market where you can win. and And that, you know, that allows you to grow from a position of strength. And, you know, I think being the being the 30th largest promoter in L.A. is probably not, you know, you don't have any leverage.
0: Right. Well, I mean, exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, and the effort you have to put in to to compete against the largest promoter, it's just not that that it's just not worth the squeeze. Sure. Um, Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I learned that uh, early on. So
1: I like it um so close us out man uh i know it's been a crazy ass year um how 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 are you how are you keeping it fun fun um i mean i'm
0: trying to act like everything's normal and just trying to 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 keep it all together um and so but there's not a lot of normal things going on right now. Sure, um, I, I was able to be at the beach for three months, uh, so that really, uh, that that definitely helped my mental health and uh, and where I was at. I was able to go to um, the U.S. Virgin Islands, uh, like a vacation, so that I was able to get away from here. Nice. So, you know, I'm in a good place right now, uh, but you have to check back next week, because <laughs> who knows i mean who knows what's going on but i'm just trying to on the bright side and and you know just hope for the future that that we can we can get through this and you know start getting back to some type of uh normal lives i mean everything's going to be different um but you know, just to have the opportunity to help build that out again uh that's what's kind of keeping me going
1: yeah i like that um You know just thinking about that and i know we were talking about earlier you know you know you've survived a lot of things but you know i'm sure you also have staff in your in your local markets you know people that run things on the ground um what's it like leading those people and and you know how how are they surprising you or or what, what are you doing to kind of keep them uh sane if you will
0: yeah. I mean, we're, that's where the, like the drive-ins come and we have our, we have our, my, my team, um, which I've been able to hold on to everyone. Um, uh, and, uh, then we have our partners and then we're trying to do live streams or it's a, each one's different, right? Some, some of them are uh, disinterested in anything and are just totally checked out. Mm. Some of them are interested in the live stream. Some of them interested in the drive-ins. Um, so we're just giving them all the options uh and yeah i mean i think it was what we did with our guys is basically said hey you know we can pay you 50% and uh you know if you need if you need help let us know right so i'm trying to give people security it's kind of month to month right now sure um but you know just trying to give the people that work with us some security of um uh, of what's going on so they're not worried about all the time. And, uh, you know, so they can, we're trying to get people back to being creative. Yeah. Uh, it's just hard with, the, with the position everybody's back in.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's good leadership, right? Like you, you know, I think you, uh, you know, as, as a leader, like you, you want to have everything figured out and tell people, you know, here's what it is and all that. And now we're in a situation where, you know, things are so unpredictable, um, that I think that, sort of transparency of like, well, here's what we can do, but let's talk, you know, is, right. is uh, that's an important shift.
0: Yeah. I've been a little pie in the sky the whole time. I, I went from like super negative before all the shit shut down, like yeah. telling people, oh, the world's going to end. And then whenever I, everything shut down, then I went back to, uh, okay, gonna okay, we're going to make it through this. Uh, we can do this. So uh, it, it
1: changes week to week do you do you manage that like those feelings in your side yourself do you manage those on purpose or does or does it just like whatever hits you comes out of your mouth
0: I, yeah, whatever comes out of my mouth I think so I don't think it's a plan. I try to talk to we try to have like a a whole team call like every two or three weeks to yeah. kind of updated by what's going on and and uh so everybody can figure out because everybody's worried they're worried about what's going on, but they're also worried about uh, what's going on with themselves. Yeah. And I'm just trying to get comfort and not that I know shit. I'm like, Oh, the numbers are looking better. Hospitalizations are down in uh, 17 States. And, and, you know, so, uh, you know, at are probably like, yeah, whatever. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, I'm just trying to, to look on the bright side and, uh, and just in, and try to give them the, the positive thoughts.
1: Yeah. That's cool, man. I think that goes a long way. I believe it's, it's just as hard to run a small business as it is a big business. And a, that might be a little generalization, but I think what I mean is like, and you said something on our summit that I thought was really important that, um, you know, I forget the question, but you said something like you know we we do a thousand shows a year, so you know we spread the risk right Any one show is not going to make or break us um, and for a lot of promoters right now that's not the case right that they they' that that one cancellation may put them out of business right and and I think like in every business, the only real insulation we have from that type of uh, risk is by being big enough to weather it. Right. And we, and we see that right now with, you know, the big chain restaurants are going to take a little hit, but they're going to be fine. And the mom and pops, you know, half of them will probably go out of business. Um, was there a point where you where that shifted for you? Cause now you've built a big business or, or multiple times a, a big business and you started out kind of running a small business.
0: Well, yeah, no, it was, I did it out of necessity, right? It wasn't any kind of like master plan or, uh, uh, or a book, you know, right from for dummies or anything, but um, <laughs> you, you should know, write the, that. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah I, I, I would, I could do that one. Um, so, but no, I mean, it was basically, you know, I got into it doing small events and as they got, they grew and grew and got bigger. I got away from the small events. And then when the market crashed and, Uh, 2001, the whole dance scene went from, you know, the top of the mountain to the to the bottom, and I just had to reinvent it, and I had to start small again, and that still wasn't enough, you know, to be doing small shows uh, in one market, and so then I started stringing together other markets, and then I started making connectors with, like, if you're going to fly to to Cleveland, you might as well play Columbus, and if you're going to play in Columbus and Cleveland, you might as well play Cincinnati. So, you know, I was just doing it out of necessity and to survive. And, uh, you know, it, it was it wasn't easy. I mean, it was a really t- if you look at the scene now and you go back 2002, three, four, five, six, I mean, there was very lean years. Yeah, um, there sure. was times it was basically, uh, you know, my, my wife was had a you know, we had a kid uh, kid and another one on the way. And my wife's like, you need to get a job. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I I told her I had a job. So (laughs) it it didn't seem like it to her, but... Right. um, So uh,
1: talk about... So you you mentioned, you know, selling the company to SFX. And I know you were a big part of building that company. Um, And then recently you just bought it back, right? Um, Can you... Can you talk about those decisions—the decision to sell and then the decision to buy back—and like, um, you know, how how how'd you go through that internally?
0: Well, I mean, the decision to sell was pretty easy uh, because I had been, it I had it was kind of the right time, right place mm-hmm. thing. I had been working with past fall and uh, you know, I had rolled my company into. Uh, the insomniac brand so i really didn't have a brand and we came to a point of where uh you know for for what for one reason or another that you know i I found out that i didn't own any of the insomniac brand right and so that was kind of a reaction so i just spun out my assets um back into a uh, a new, a, a new old company, mm-hmm. and literally within, uh, I guess we'll see. Literally within two months to sixty days of having that conversation with Pasquale, uh, I had a deal to to sell the new company. So you know it was kind of a shock to uh, put all my effort and and time and my team into building a brand. And then, you know, finding out that uh, I wasn't, I, you know, I wasn't going to be, it wasn't like that I didn't own it. Yeah, of
1: course. So, of course. you
0: know, it, it was, uh, it was great for me. I mean, it was a great deal. I would, I would do it again. Uh, and uh, if somebody's if somebody's looking for somebody, um, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, so it was, it was just perfect timing and, yeah. and, you know, cause I hadn't saved, like I said, I had the kids and, all the money was going into the next show, the next show, and there's no time to, and the scene was growing, you know, one year you're doing show, you know, your, your business brought in 5 million next year, it's 10 and next year, it's 15, but there's no money coming out. Right. It's just, yeah. how, how do you, how do you grow a business without capital? Yeah. And, uh, and so the, and there's, you take losses. It's not all, it's not all ups. Mm-hmm. So it was a perfect scenario for me. And, uh, yeah, I was able to finally give my family some security Mm -hmm. and I was also able to take care of, uh, I was able to introduce a lot of other promoters that had been doing it for a long time and that didn't have any security and they were able to take some money off the table. And yeah, so, I mean, it was a good feeling to get done. Um, you know, I would do it differently if I had to do it over again, that would retain more control of the overall. Mm -hmm company mm-hmm. but yeah it was a it was an experience a good experience a bad experience sure a, a learning experience but you know what it was was an experience and I just I knew I had seen all the other companies all the other I guess basically principal owners that had sold their company I had watched through the t- t- eight-year time that I watched them all leave mm-hmm. yeah and whether they had you know they had gotten too much money or had lost interest or didn't like how the company was going. Oh, there's a multitude of reasons, but a lot of people left. It was a serious brain drain on the company. And my goal was to just keep my head down, uh, keep trying to, you know, keep doing good stuff. And, you know, hopefully one day, uh, I would have the opportunity to uh, buy buy my name back. Mm. And so it was kind of a story of, (laughs) it it, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy to explain to people why I just didn't leave, sit out a year and just start over. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I just knew if I just waited for the right time, that eventually uh, I would have the opportunity.
1: Mm -hmm. If you're enjoying this one and you want more disco, Donnie, uh, Donnie recently spoke at our AMP Music Summit uh, it's a uh, virtual music conference that I co-founded earlier this year at the beginning of, of uh, quarantine and um, Donnie's on a panel talking about what's happening with music festivals uh, some of that's changed but some of it very much hasn't festivals are still uh, in a lot of jeopardy they're still figuring it out some people like Donnie are still innovating and it's, it's a great panel discussion go to ampmusicsummit.com if you want to check that one out and we have videos from um, our other, we've done two summits so far. I think there's 30 videos in total, something like that, 30 talks. Lots of stuff there if you wanna get up on the latest of what's happening in and around the music industry. Summit.com. So, you know, kids starting out today promoting shows. What do you want them to learn from you?
0: Wow. I mean, I don't know because I think there's a real, if you would have come to me 20 something years ago, I just, there, I don't think there was like a, a lane, right? There was, you had the big promoter and then you had a, a bunch of little promoters. I just right. feel now there's like a, there's a real niche or that people can make their own niche. Let mm-hmm. me rephrase that. It's like, I hope people just learn that, I didn't know anything. I didn't I didn't know what I was doing. Nobody taught me. I just learned I, I learned for myself, you know, and I started at the bottom. I was passing out flyers. Mm-hmm. You know, people weren't even paying me. I was doing it for free. Yeah, sure. I was just helping people out and yeah. and uh you know, I loaded in speakers, I worked the front door, I uh you know, I did it all. I, I worked every position to so understand what, what people were doing. And uh I just hope people learn that if you that, you know, if you try really hard and you stick with it and you love it and you really believe in it, that you can be successful, you know, and it's not going to be easy. There's going to be a lot of people closing doors in your face. But uh, if you just, if you stick with it and uh, like I said, and, and put the time and the effort in and the love, it could come back to you. And I, I, I do see, I've seen in the last, I've seen people be able to carve out their own identity that wasn't uh, uh, an insomniac or wasn't an ultra or -hmm. whatever. I've seen promoters all around the country be able to carve out their own identity and be successful. Mm -hmm. And it's, 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 it's crazy. I mean, the opportunity is there.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I I saw a quote somewhere you, you Uh describe yourself as a master of living in the moment. Um, I said that? Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was I was probably drinking. Yeah, it could be. Um well, that's what I was going to ask is that is that is that an accurate way to describe you and and how do you do that? Or or maybe I mean,
0: how do I do that? I I uh I think about things a lot, but I basically um I just kind of go with the flow, you know. I I don't worry about stuff. Uh, too much right so you can only do what you control so I always just believe I I believe more in like personal uh, conversation Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd rather talk to somebody one on one than write them an an email or uh, or when people do interviews you know I never want to I don't ever want to do like the written questionnaire like where the where the publicist types it out and you edit it and stuff Uh, I, I always like to do the phone interview it I I come off like a dumbass, but it was me, you know? So that's, yes. that's what I sound like, unfortunately. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, I'll read it. I'm um, Jesus Christ. I should have, uh, I've got to give a uh, money to charity for every time I said, <laughs> uh, or, or, you know, uh, so, but it, th- that's real. And, and I think that's more authentic and, uh hopefully people see that instead of like some processed uh person that comes through uh that I see with a lot of other uh, people in this industry. Yeah. How,
1: how how are you able to keep it light kind of with seeing everything going on around us right now? It's
0: hard. Um I it, it's it's definitely um stressful. Um, and I just I know I have like a, a a large group of people that like my family and my my team and stuff like that. And what I'm trying to show them is I'm always trying to show them strength, right? That yeah. everything's going to be okay, and that uh, look, I know it looks bad and it is bad, but if you look at history, you know we've we've been through we've been through bad stuff before. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in the end, we also, our country, no matter how bad it's been, we always, we correct it eventually. For sure. Uh, You know, we're not, we used to burn uh, witches at the stake. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, that sounds
0: crazy. No, but we did that, right? So, if you look back at it now, I mean, so, uh, it's just like, I just try to tell people that, you know, we just have to keep working through this. And in the end, we'll get to the right point. Mm-hmm. It might take a lot of time, uh, but we'll get there.
1: No, I think that's so valuable. And it's especially hard, for, I think, for, for young people who haven't seen a lot of the crazy shit in our history or haven't lived it um, to develop that perspective. And I mean, I even I was I had a conversation with my mom the other day because she's like, you know, it's really hard to feel optimistic about the future. And I was like, yeah, of course it is. But let's think of all the shit that we've overcome as as, you know, in humanity or in this country or whatever. And um, you realize that this is just another one. Yeah,
0: I hope. I hope. I mean, that's what I'm trying to I'm trying to, you know, portray that. For Sure. No, we never. We don't know. But no, of course. We we, yeah. We've been some through some bad stuff. So,
1: absolutely. All right. Well, um, in the interest of keeping it light, let me uh let me get to uh let me do a little lightning round before I let you go. Um, which favorite city to travel to? Favorite city. Sorry,
0: somebody's. hope hotel's calling. Okay. The favorite city. Damn, I don't... What, lightning round? I'm not good at lightning round. New Orleans. <laughs> New shit, Orleans. that's where I'm from. Yeah. God, why am I so stupid? It's one okay, of my favorite things too. I love Give me too. something easy. Like, don't ask me, like, where's my birthplace? Because then I could have said New Orleans and my favorite too. <laughs> okay, let's go. Start over. Let's go. New lightning round. This is going to be the, the slow lightning.
1: I hate to tell you, the next one is not easier. Who's your favorite DJ?
0: <laughs> my favorite DJ... Um, I would say if you had, if you've had to put a gun to my head, I would say Derek Carter.
1: Yeah. Uh, what's the last great book you read?
0: The last great book I read. I don't know if it's called a great book, but it's, uh, I read the Howard Stern interview book.
1: Oh yeah. It was,
0: it was great to me, but that's the last book I read.
1: I mean, he's, he's great. He's a great interviewer. Um, yeah. What movie do you think you've seen the most in your life? The most movie, Blazing Saddles. Oh, shit. I love that movie. (laughs) This is
0: going to be like, these are all references that nobody that listens to this (laughs) is going to, it's like, uh, you know, it's like, oh, I remember the Roaring Twenties. This old guy, Blazing Saddles. Nah, man, everybody listening,
1: if they haven't, should watch Blazing Saddles. Incredible movie. It's
0: totally inappropriate, but, you know, it's, yeah.
1: Absolutely. So, um, if you could wake up tomorrow, having gained one quality or ability, what would it be?
0: If I, one quality, uh, I wish I could see the future. Mm. Um, yeah. So, and the other one would be, and, uh, know what people were thinking. So <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I just had those two, yeah, I absolutely. would have, uh, yeah, I, I could be good. It makes the money.
1: Um, Lastly, if I worked for you, if I worked for Disco Donnie Presents, what's something I would hear you say over and over?
0: You would hear me say, somebody do something. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm always joking with them that I have to do everything. Yeah. So that's just kind of like, um, that's the, my motivator, nice. my motivating speech.
1: Nice. That's dope. Hey, well, so talk about what's coming up. Um, I know you just had the, the road rave uh, drive-in. And I know you got, uh, I know you have shows happening, which i um, interested to see how that plays out. What, what's, what does it look like?
0: Yeah, I mean, we're pushing some stuff back because of everything that's going on. But uh, we, uh, we just did a, uh, an event in Houston at a drive in. It was, it was a big learning curve, but yeah. uh, it was very successful and people enjoyed it. Nice. I think we might be able to do. You know we'll do more there and uh we have one you know we have a couple on sale in in north carolina mm-hmm. um we have the orlando one which is sold out uh we have one in tulsa oklahoma uh, uh we're working on like three or four other cities that uh right now so um uh, just at, the timelines are different everywhere because uh as we're, we've been getting these up also there are um you know they're basically the rules are changing everywhere we go right so uh, I'm in a lot of red states and they're they're opening up faster than we can, <laughs> we can't even keep up with them, right? right so it's right, right. so, like, oh, 25%, 50%, 75%, 100%, 150%. Right. Um, so uh, it's kind of hard to do a drive-in uh, when the all the bars and restaurants are going to be open 100%. Right. Yeah, of
1: course. That wasn't
0: the concept. The concept was nobody leaving their house right. and then you have to come to the drive-in. So, sure. Uh yeah, it's 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 complicated.
1: But it sounds like I know there's been a lot of speculation about, you know, whether people will go, you know, if they have the option. It sounds like what you're seeing is people want it.
0: Everywhere I've seen where they yeah, it's just, it's a it's a complicated situation because remember when they opened the beaches in Florida and the whole country laughed at, "Oh, look yeah. at Florida, you dummies," you know. And every time they open a beach somewhere, mm-hmm. Sure. Then everybody goes to the beach and then the whole rest of the country laughs at them yeah. online. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not sure if people are, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, if people are going to go out, some people are going to stay in. Mm-hmm. All I know is whenever they open something up, everybody goes. Right. So, so unless, of course, you're locked in your house and then you stay at home and <laughs> you know, make fun of those people.
1: Exactly. So.
0: Right. So, I mean, you, you know, there's, there's two different people, but I, I'm looking at the beach right now and it's packed so
1: yeah i don't doubt it i don't doubt it um cool Uh, well how should people follow you or uh or find out what you have going on
0: uh at real disco donnie it's on twitter and uh instagram
1: dope well man i appreciate everything you're doing uh it's definitely been fun watching it from afar and i think we we all have a lot to learn from you and, uh, you know, what you what you brought to the scene and the business and the culture it's all good stuff. Well, thank you, sir. Yeah, I appreciate you. All right, man. Thank all you. Right, Bye-bye. And I was Disco Donnie on Rebel Radio. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Uh, leave us a comment. Hit us on Twitter, Facebook. That's it. Twitter or Facebook. Uh, it's at Rebel Radio Net. You can always leave a review of our iTunes if you want to. Throw some stars our way. Uh, And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace.